Welcome to the Noon at Northside podcast with your host, Pastor Stephanie. Well, welcome back, everybody. So we are officially into the third month of 2023, and that means we are starting a new topic and talking about a new key Christian thinker from throughout history. Uh, The last two months, you know, we were talking about St. Augustine and what he brought to the conversation of building bridges and crossing divides. And today we're going to start a conversation on someone a little bit different, but from around the same time period. Um, She was a, a woman thinker, which is incredible to talk about. And her name was St. Teresa of Avila. Now, if you're anything like me, you probably didn't hear or doesn't don't know about her because um, I didn't really know much about her until maybe a year or so ago, um, just sort of recently. And But she is an a, incredible Christian thinker that really brings together some points that I think are important for us to know, important for us to hear and understand in order to do what we're supposed to be doing through this podcast, which is learning how to build bridges, cross divides, and bring the church back together in today's world. And we can do that by learning and understanding from other Christian thinkers throughout history. So a little bit to understand St. Teresa. St. Teresa of Avila was a Spanish nun in the Roman Catholic Church in Avila. And she was a part of a society called the Camelites. And she founded a specific nunnery in that area for other nuns, uh, for other women. And the book we're going to be talking about from her, uh, because she she wrote several books despite her concerns about her ability to do so. Um, One of the books that has become a classical handbook on spiritual prayer and spiritual discipline, spiritual formation, whatever you want to, however you want to label it, is called The Way of Perfection. This is one of her most well-known works, and it's the work that I recently just read and we're going to talk about today. So The Way of Perfection is quite the interesting book. Like I mentioned, it is today considered a classic for understanding prayer and spirituality. It is just like St. Augustine's Confessions, This is an amazing book that everyone should probably read. It's actually, I bought the the study edition of the book, which was incredible because it gives you a lot of historical context to St. Teresa and the book. It breaks down every section and helps you understand what St. Teresa is talking about, um, uses references from other works that she's written to explain what she puts in this book. It's a great, great book for you to get. But what's so amazing about it is 
this particular book, The Way of Perfection, was specifically written. It was not something that she just put together for whoever and wherever. Um, it is a book answering specific questions that the nuns of the one she of the nunnery she founded are asking her to put on paper uh, what she knows about prayer and answering specific questions for them. So this book is written specifically to those nuns. So as you're reading it, you know, she speaks a lot of my dear daughters, my sisters, um, to you women. She talks about these topics because that's who she's writing to. And she even frequently talks about, you know, I'm doing this because you're making me do this. I'm doing this because you want me to answer these questions, but also because God has given me the words I need to say what he wants me to say. Now, and she goes on and says, now, if I'm saying something wrong, um, burn the book. <laughs> um, you don't need to keep reading it. But these are the words that God has given me, and these are the words I'm going to speak to answer your questions and to tell you what I know. And that is why it is such an amazing book. That is why it's incredible and why reading a, from St. Teresa of Avila, I think, is going to really help all of us build bridges and cross divides. No matter how long ago this book was written, which was about 500 some years ago, it is still relevant to today. Even though she was writing to specific people in a specific time regarding specific situations, it still applies to us 500 years in the future today. So there are a few things in this book. I'm not going to cover everything in this book because it is actually a really big book. And the last half of the book is dealing specifically with understanding what prayer is, which I highly, highly, highly recommend you read. Um, it's incredible. I loved it. Um, it's great for everybody. But I'm not going to really cover that. I'm going to be talking about three things that she talks about in this book specifically that I feel are going to help us understand how we can cross divides because they are things that reference three really huge divisions in the church, both 500 years ago and ironically still today. <laughs> Those three things that she mentions are one, the difference between the Roman Catholic Church and the Protestant Church. Another thing is the division of women in the church. And the third thing that she mentions is actually understanding different types of prayer, which back then caused a huge, huge division. But even though it's not the exact same, it's still a division for us today. So we're going to be spending this time, this podcast episode, breaking down St. Teresa's opinions on those three topics and how they can help relate to us today for us to continue to mature and grow. And maybe we could be the change that finally affects the church and crosses these divides, even 500 years later. So the first thing that she talks about is this division that happens right around the exact same time that she is writing this book, that she is prominent in Spain. And that is 
the difference between the Roman Catholic Church and the Protestant Church. Now, if you know anything about the beginning of the Protestant Reformation, it happened in the 1500s, which is the same time as St. Teresa, um, almost just years apart, if anything. And obviously, St. Teresa is a nun, so she is a Roman Catholic in the Camelite section. And she, in several chapters, mentions her extreme hatred for the Protestants that are what she defines as ruining the name of Jesus. She's very, very adamant that those who follow this so-called Protestant Reformation, who follow this so-called Luther and are Lutherans now, are actually just big heretics. And she, she despises their message. She hates them. She finds that they are polluting and poisoning the word of God and turning everything about Jesus upside down and are spreading the wrong message. Now, the reason I want to point this out, and I actually think that this is a great thing for us to read, is because me, you, if you're, prob- you're probably listening to it, and you are probably, like me, a Protestant. <laughs> We're not Catholic. We belong to the Church of the Nazarene, which is a Protestant church from the Methodist church that came from the Anglican church, and so on and so forth. You know, you can continue it back. But we're Protestants, and she almost starts this book off and in several chapters talks about how much she hates Protestants. So why am I praising this book, saying, read it, read it, read it, and why am I saying that this message that she is giving will help us cross divides? Well, the, the most basic answer is because there really is a huge division between denominations. Not just Catholics and Protestants, but even amongst denominations of Protestants. I grew up, and you probably grew up too, you know, with these subtle little jokes about other denominations. Just last week, I heard someone mention something about the Baptist church, and their response was, those Baptists. And even though, you know, it's kind of funny, and I grew up with these several different kind of jokes about several different denominations because they didn't believe exactly what we believed. Here's the thing. We're all still a part of the universal church. We are all still followers of God. We read the same Bible. We pray to the same God. We have the same spirit living within us. Whether we're Catholic, Nazarene, Lutheran, Baptist, Methodist, or even just non-denominational. It doesn't matter what we are. We are Christians. We are Christ followers. That is a huge division that we make in the church by wanting everyone to believe exactly what we believe, that's that's not going to happen. It's not meant to happen. Because God makes us all different. In the book of Romans and the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul uses the analogy of 
the body of Christ, which we've talked about on this podcast several times, talks about how as the body of Christ, Christ has given us different gifts. We are different parts of the body. And the hand can't say to the feet, you're not important. Because they both have an important, necessary job, even if they look completely different. We all have different passions and different personalities because God has created us in that way for a reason. It is important to God that we represent his imago Dei, his image in us, which is everything. God is not one thing, and his church cannot be one thing. Now, I know St. Teresa talks about her avid hatred of the Protestants, because this is happening at the exact same time, and to her, this form of reformation is going against the church, because the church was the Roman Catholic Church that had existed for 500 years, and all of a sudden, one particular person wants to change all that. To her, that is horrible. To us today, <laughs> it's, it's like breathing air. For the last 500 year, there's, years, there's been Protestants growing, spreading. We, but we still believe the same thing. We believe in Jesus. We believe in God even if certain little things are different. You know, one of the reasons we're different from the Catholics is the Catholics are very, very ritualistic. Now, there are other things, um, and I'm not going to say this is the only thing, but they're very ritualistic. And a lot of what, you know, in my opinion, a lot of what they believe is based off of them doing things, saying things, performing rites and rituals and sacraments in a specific way. You know, the way of perfection talks a lot about prayer, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but one of the big divisions that we talked about, I mentioned as one of the three back then was the difference between mental prayer and vocal prayer. Because even though she was a Catholic, she was a strong, you know, vocalist for mental prayer. Just praying on your own, in your mind with God, speaking in a relationship with God. But back then, she got a lot of hatred for it, a lot of trials and tribulations because of it, because to the Catholics, speaking specific prayers out loud is what's important. But Teresa didn't believe that was the only way to do prayer. And she said, no matter what kind of prayer you do, mental or vocal, prayer is prayer. And that's what's important. Today, you know, it's not so much the difference between mental or vocal prayer. It's the time it takes to pray, which is what causes such a huge division amongst us. Well, I'm too busy. I don't have the time to sit down and prayer and pray mentally or even vocally. I'm out in a restaurant or in a public place. Do I really want to speak out loud my prayer? If you're super anxious like me, no, you, d you don't. <laughs> Some people don't care. Some people are too afraid. 
And that's one of the things she, she talks about is it's really the, the thing that causes the division here is the fear. The fear of the devil more than the fear of God. That's one of the big divisions we can, we talk about. But if we go back to the difference in denominations, it's it's not so much what we do, it's what we believe in that's important. And even though she was a speaker of the division, I think we can learn a lot from her on how to close this gap because Although she talks a lot about how much she despises um, Protestants, she also speaks into what it means to believe in other people, to need other people, to share with other people. She believes wholeheartedly that sometimes God gives good messages to people in a bad state to bring them into the light. And although she believes Protestants are are considered in a bad state, she does believe that they have something to say, that they've been given a message of contemplation from God for an important reason. There's a lot that she says, despite her vocalization of hatred, a lot of what she speaks about can be applied today to help us bridge this gap. It doesn't matter what denomination we say we are. It doesn't matter if we go around saying, I'm a Catholic, or I'm a Baptist, or I'm a Nazarene. That's not what's important. Yes, we have different denominations because we've been created to read the Bible a little differently. Because there's so much in that one book that has lasted 2,000 years and will continue to last. Because it is beyond cultures. It is beyond time itself. And we can read it and get messages from it in so many different ways. Now, I 100% believe in what the Church of the Nazarene believes the Bible is. And I have a hard time sometimes with other denominations because I read what it is that they believe and do not agree. However, that's okay. I don't have to agree with everyone. You don't have to agree with everyone. The world does not have to agree with each other. We just have to love each other. I'll give you an example. My family, my immediate family, the people I live with, my parents and my sister and my immediate family, even my slightly extended family, my grandparents and my uncles, We do not 100% agree on everything. In fact, when we get together at family functions, sometimes there are debates, heated debates of disagreement. But that does not mean I don't love them. I love them with everything I have. They're my family. Even though I disagree with them sometimes. Even though that disagreement causes a lot of anger and frustration and sadness in me that they don't understand what I understand. But that is okay. We don't have to agree with everyone. We just have to love each other. Jesus loved sinners who obviously did not believe the same as him sometimes, who didn't act the same as him. He still loved them. 
He spoke to tax collectors. He spoke with Samaritans. He spoke with women. He loved children despite what the world was trying to tell him. Oh, they're not the same as us. They don't disagree with us. They're different. We've got issues. There's bad blood. It doesn't matter. That is a divide we can easily fix by just saying it doesn't matter. Now, I, I mentioned it a little bit. The third, you know, one that I mentioned was the division between prayer itself. You know, back then it was the time, uh, the the division between mental prayer and vocal prayer. And today it's the division of time to take to prayer. You know, we live in such a, a world that is just so busy. You know, the, the Western mindset is go, go, go all the time. And our success, our worth, our value has often been attributed to, to how much we do and how little we take breaks and stop. But that is completely the opposite of what God has in mind for us. And that is to stop, to rest, and to pray. I want to read one quote, so to speak, from this book that talks about this matter. From... In this particular book, it's from chapter 21 of The Way of Perfection, which might be different depending on the type of um, book version you get from this. Um, There's multiple translations, so um, this one particular part talks about prayer, and it's actually part of the study version of this book. So it's a quote by the interpreter, uh, Kieran Kavanaugh, who is using Teresa's own writings to say that Teresa speaks forcefully against those who seek to turn mental prayer into something to be feared. And and that's what it says. Attempting to live without prayer, for her, Teresa, amounts to undergoing the trials of life with greater trial and closing the door on God and thereby preventing him from making us happy. For her, prayer is a camino, a road, path, or a way leading to perfection or the fount of living water, what we would call sanctification, holiness, glorification. Once you overcome your fears of starting out on this road, you must continue to travel on it no matter what the obstacles. Back then, Her obstacles were the world telling her, you can't pray like this. You, specifically, cannot be alone and cannot pray pray silently. Today, our obstacles are time, busyness. Which is why it's so important to find the time to rest and honor the Sabbath and take time to pray. Because... Prayer is how we communicate with God. It's how we center our minds, our bodies, our souls. Prayer does something to the human body that is almost unmeasurable. It's almost indescribable. 
the way it transforms us physically as well as mentally and spiritually is beyond anything else. It is vital to being a Christ follower and no obstacle should stand in our way, even time. So one of the ways we can cross this divide is remembering God's command to rest and to rely on him because he promises that if we take the time to rest and focus on God, we do not have to worry about where our food will come, where our clothes will come today, where money will come to pay bills or whatever. God will provide for us if we follow his commands, especially his command to rest and pray. The very last thing in this book that is a divide, I mentioned it was the second thing that I mentioned, and that was the division for women. Now, obviously, I could go on forever about this particular topic, and I'll try not to. But obviously, this book was written by a woman, St. Teresa of Avila, who was a prominent Spanish nun who founded a nunnery and was someone that they came to personally and said, can you write for us how to pray, how to live, how to learn, so on and so forth, despite the fact that she was a woman in the 1500s in Spain, during a historical time when the world was at chaos for many, many reasons. There was war in France, which borders Spain. There was rage against Protestants, illegal rage against them for their turn against the Catholic Church. But above all of this, women back then had no rights. And in reading this book, there's a historical context at the beginning that shares that Teresa wrote this particular book more than once. Because when she gave it to her, what she refers to her confessor, her, um, the male over her, and so to speak, in the Catholic Church, she handed them, this person, her manuscript, and he burned it because of it being written by a woman. She rewrote it and gave it to a different confessor who made several alterations into it that made her rewrite the book. And then this study version, those rewrites, like the old version is included in brackets so that you know what she had written versus what was taken out after the rewrite. And a lot of those have to do with her as a woman. She speaks frequently on, you know, if I have a message from God, does it matter if I'm a man or a woman? And that was crossed out because back then, yes, it mattered. Now today, 
we're very fortunate that women have rights, that we have a voice to speak. And I personally am very, very honored that the Church of the Nazarene specifically understands the value of women and knows that the Bible says it does not matter if we're male or female, we're all created in the image of God. And if and we're all filled with the Spirit of God, we're all given gifts by the Spirit. And if some of us, like myself, have been given the gift of preaching, then so be it. But despite all of that, we still live in a world that has a division between men and women. Something that even though she wrote it 500 years ago still applies today. Like the one phrase she wrote, if I've been given a message by God, does it matter if I'm a male or a woman? Today there are still some of those hidden, hidden disagreements, hidden, just hidden factors that people have against us. There's more to be said about this, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, so my recommendation is that you read this book, that you get it, you read it, and you study what she has to say, because these are all divides that can easily be crossed and brought together today, even today. I hope this was something that you got something out of. Um, I really do recommend this book. Uh, we're going to bring in a guest speaker next month who's going to continue talking about St. Teresa using some other works of hers and talking more about what she has to say and I'm really excited about it. So until then, we'll see you later.